Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Publisher Lab. I am Tyler Bishop, and alongside me, as always, is John Cole. I'd never say my name. I, I actually have tea, so I, I was going to take a slurp, and then you made me say something. Never mind. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're on other side. We're on different sides of uh, on the globe right now. You're in London. I'm in San Diego. So probably the best thing to do is not for me to like like kind of set you up that way where there's going to be probably some form of delay so it's like pause 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 John that's right we're not going to be as slick as as, as normal folks not that we're very slick anyway <laughs> so, I, think that's kind of, I think that's kind of like our mo is that we're not slick it's the ultimate yeah, not slick podcast yeah, i'm getting better i'm getting better um oh, so tyler no. what are we talking about this week well, I wanted to kind of, I wanted to pick your brain a little bit. You just spoke at SMX London about uh, AMP, and I know you're on a panel there. And I wanted to kind of just pick your brain about the state of AMP real quick before we get started in anything else. Yeah, so uh, talk about being given a tough gig. Uh, so I was given this brief to um, report back to the SEO community at SMX London who, by the way, is a very high kind of level crowd, very, very uh, senior people from the SEO world. And uh, my brief was, how, the, how are publishers getting on with AMP, basically? And <laughs> so, I, I mean, we pulled a bunch of data for ourselves and uh, to give you the 30 minute presentation I did in about 20 seconds, um, it's good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Well, then I don't need to hear any, hear any more from there. Yeah, that's right. Let's just move right along. Um, so basically, on the one hand, obviously, um, speed is a factor for ranking. When you go AMP, you definitely get faster. If you, have, if you were slow before, that's something to remember, because a lot of big sites are already fast, and they don't necessarily need AMP. Um, revenue is lower. Um, on average, it tends to be um, quite a bit behind normal mobile. So on the one hand, Google's giving you more traffic, um, and on the other hand, you're earning less from ads. So these kind of things, it's a bit of a wash. Um, and then some people really don't like having Google host their content, and particularly in the carousel, you know, when you, you, know, you look for something on your phone, it comes to... It, it comes to your page. If somebody swipes left or right, then that's a bounce to you. But for Google, that's just another page view. So this is the uh, sort of pull and push that we've got in the whole world of AMP at the moment is that it seems like a good thing for clearing out um, bad JS that is jamming up your uh, processor if you're trying to access a page from your phone. And on the other side, it is, it, it's very controlled kind of way of doing it. In other words, it's a very blunt tool. If you are on a 3G connection, maybe you do need an AMP page that doesn't have menu items and that you know, causes bounces to other sites from the same keyword. But if you're on a Wi-Fi connection at home, why have an AMP page? Because it's gonna be the difference between loading in 0.2 of a second and 0.4 of a second. Yeah, sure, it's twice as fast, but a human will not notice. So I think that that was, I, I had to track, obviously because, and we're broadly in favor because it does seem to be confused experience. I had to tread this line between being um, critical and 
um, praising AMP at the same time, um, which is how I feel about it actually. So I did, I kept true to myself. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a tough, it was a tough thing to be able to explain because I think the whole industry is sort of in two minds about it. Yeah. So did you, what kind of feedback did you get from people uh, afterwards? You, uh, I know you and I talked a little bit about this, but I, I don't know. Uh, I haven't got the full story from you. How, how did people respond to your presentation? And then also the, uh, the, the woman that was alongside you on the panel, uh, what was the general reception of the uh, thoughts on AMP? Um, yeah, I mean, she was very positive. Uh, the lady who was alongside me, um, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, her, the, the link to her presentation. But, um, oh, I mean, you know, response to the, to the uh, presentation was that it was even-handed and that broadly they liked it. So that was good. Um, I, I do think that people are waiting to see what happens because if you remember Facebook Instant Articles last week, you know, publishers have been leaving Instant Articles because of this walled garden and the revenue wasn't there. And now um, Facebook is saying, hey, well, if you publish in Instant Articles, you can also um, publish an AMP. You know, it's the same deal and Apple News. So I had to double check the headlines on that one, John. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And I think what Facebook are doing is they're realizing that they've been sort of slightly outmaneuvered by Google in this. And, and obviously Google have got this open source project. So... Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. My prediction is AMP will get smarter so that it's not for everyone all the time. Um, they will, I'm hoping, make AMP easier to use for normal publishers who want to do personalization testing and relax those caching rules because at the moment Google caches everything, which it normally you would think was a good thing, but if you're trying to do testing or any kind of personalization, it ruins it or makes it very, very hard anyway. Um, so, I mean, that's it really, Tyler. I can't give you any, you know, I, I would love to give the listeners, okay, guys, I've got some great news here. This is what you've got to do. Um, it really is a question of you need to weigh things up. If you're in news, I would say, yeah, AMP's looking like something you want to get into sooner or later. If you're e-commerce, I would definitely not do it. Um, and for the rest of us, I think you have to look at um, your keywords and see who's uh, see who your competitors are, and try and get a feel for whether you are ahead or behind the curve, and then choose your moment. Um, yeah. our, our amp converter is coming out, so uh, that will help people um, who don't want to do all this in house. So that that's something that we that will help. Yeah, it's, you mentioned something a second ago that that I, I thought would be really fun to talk about on this on this episode, John. You actually teed it up to me, so you probably have more to say about it than I do. But it's this: you listened to a podcast earlier this week that had uh, Mark Zuckerberg on it, and uh, I'd spent some time reviewing it um, and shared it with a few other folks. But I really liked his quote, um, and I'll let okay. I we, we were actually just on a. We we're kind of in another conversation a few minutes ago, and you you referenced it, but I thought it was really interesting. His his thoughts on customization, personalization. Yeah, I ha I actually have the quote here. Uh, I'm going to read it out for the listeners. So this is uh, a podcast called Masters of Scale, and um, it's actually hosted by um, by the guy who founded uh, LinkedIn, uh, Reid Hoffman, and uh, here's Mark Zuckerberg's quote about testing. 
he said, at any given point in time, there isn't just one version of Facebook running, there are probably 10,000. Any engineer at the company can basically decide if they wanted to test something. There are some rules on sensitive things, but in general, an engineer can test something and they can launch a version of Facebook, not to the whole community, but maybe to 10,000 uh, 10, people or 50,000 people, whatever is necessary to get a good test of an experience. And then, and this is the, this is the good bit that I, I really liked, he said they get a readout of how that affected all of the different metrics and the things that we care about. Uh, how were people connecting? How are people sharing? Uh, do people have more friends in this version? And of course, business metrics, like how does this uh, cost the efficiency of running the service and how much revenue are we making? So that's Mark Zuckerberg um, from the horse's mouth saying basically, there isn't just one version of Facebook out there, folks, there's 10,000. And that kind of was an, a, a very nice vindication of um, you know, what we have been working on for many years, which is multivariate testing, ask the users, let the users be your guide. And that was, it was nice to hear actually. Yeah, it's, it's something that we espouse a lot on this podcast, which is basically this idea of being very data-driven, following the data, running lots of tests, um, because that's one of the ways you get, I mean, I think one, one of the things that's really interesting, I was talking to somebody else about this, uh, a guy that runs a, a, an analytics company, and he was telling me, you know, a lot, a lot of people say they want to be data-driven, but they never do any testing. And yeah. he's like, where do you think the data comes from, right? He's like, you have existing data. He's like, hopefully you're monitoring that and you understand it. It's like, but if you, if you want to use data to make decisions that are going to change your business, then you have to do some testing. But I think what's even beyond that is I think most publishers um, are doing some form of testing probably or have done some form of testing. But I think when you hear that quote from Zuckerberg, one of the takeaways that I had was if you're a publisher, ha do, are you doing that level of testing right now? Well, I would say in our experience, not even close. Most publishers right, are not doing running 10,000 tests at a time. Yeah. But I think then if you were to ask them, well, do you, do you think that there would be value in that if you could do it? I think everybody would say, well, yeah, there's probably a lot of value there for me. So, And this, this is why I can't understand the reticence to publishers who don't want to do testing. I don't see the downside because they, they actually gave the example of um, doing Ben testing, which they had this intern at Facebook who wanted to find out what kind of bugs could take the whole site down. <laughs> and wrote a bug and it took the site down for 30 minutes, which Facebook going down for 30 minutes is pretty big. But guess what? He got hired. <laughs> now, bad execution, but great idea because you do want to know these things. They're not necessarily like that, but you, you've got to test. And I, I was talking to um, Mark Evans, who's um, the VC guy who is on our board uh, yesterday, and he was saying, a lot of publishers consider themselves to be innovative and, you know, kind of if they had to grade themselves out of 10, you know, they give themselves a seven. But, and he, he said, let's just move the decimal point on that. It would be less than one. It would be 0.7 because how slowly they move, right? How slowly they move. And it's because they've been, you know, in these legacy businesses for a very, very long time. And it's very hard to let go of the past. and. Um, you know, if you went to, uh, you know, a big publisher and said, have you got 10,000 versions of the site running? 
they're not going to say yes, are they? They're not even going to say that they've got two running, probably. Mm. So it, it's a, not to put anything down on those guys because it is tough. But I do. Um, it does kind of reinforce to me that we are moving very, very quickly with these disruptive technologies towards um, rewarding those publishers that can embrace things that are new and the ones who are behind the curve are going to be disadvantaged. But and that gap is going to go is going to widen pretty quickly. I think. Yeah, and I think a great example of thinking about how that gap could widen really quickly and the damage you could potentially do to different publishing businesses to think about this is there are major, major publishers, and I won't, I'm not going to name any names. You can probably go and look it up. Some of them were trying to get to come on the podcast, so I don't want to like blast anything they're doing too bad. But, you know, there's, there's publishers that are being uh, giving that, that made it major news publishers in this industry are giving pats on the back to because they're doing A-B tests on layouts and they're testing some different layout variations and launching new versions of their site. And they're saying, well, we tested version A and we tested version B and we did this and this, we looked at this data, some very rudimentary A-B testing to kind of figure out pretty simple stuff, you know, different layouts. And we've talked about A-B testing before. And then at the same time, there's these conversations in the industry about artificial intelligence and leveraging AI to take thousands and thousands of data points and personalize things uh, per, on a per visitor basis and also being able to take that data and like customize your inventory and the way that it's bought and sold and all this kind of stuff using AI. And the difference between this ability of using artificial intelligence to take data and, and, and customize it for advertisers, for uh, visitors for the publisher in general and this idea of a b testing things as simple as layouts and testing those things for maybe nine months to collect enough data to figure out if one gets you more subscriptions than the other those things yeah. are extremely far apart there's no evolution between them and that i think is indicative of what you're talking about that the gap here could get pretty big pretty fast yeah yeah and, it, and look at how fast um facebook has moved as a business that is, that's indicative of the fact that they are willing to, um, you know, move fast and break things or move fast with stable infrastructure. <laughs> that's their new mantra now. Not quite as snappy, but, um, but still, and that, I found that to be one of the um, really interesting. There's another one that came out uh, yesterday with Sheryl Sandberg. We'll put it in the show notes so that you guys can listen in. Obviously, like uh, podcasts, this is a really good one. I, I really like these guys. Um, they do some great interviews. So Cheryl Sandberg's on the next one. So John, I know we've got kind of, this is a shorter podcast because we both have some time constraints today, but I thought we would, we wanted to talk about those two subjects just to kind of close the show out. One of the things I want to ask you, cause we actually had a publisher that emailed me this week and they were, um, they, you know, they were, they were complimenting the podcast and, and, uh, one of the things that they mentioned is they were a news publisher. Um, and one of the things that they had said was, you know, on your podcast, you guys give so much great advice. But they said, you know, it'd be even better advice if I got most of my traffic organically. But unfortunately, I'm a news publisher. I get a lot of it direct. I get a lot of it from social. And they basically said, as a news publisher, how, how should I, what, what, what is some advice that you would give me um, as it relates to testing, as it, was, as it relates to how I should be thinking about my business? And so this is a smaller news publisher. Mm -hmm. But in general, I think we, we do talk about pub news publishers a lot. And um, uh, these are folks that you're talking to quite a bit right now. So I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that. 
Yeah, I mean, it seems like um, AMP has got to be top of the list of priorities right now if you're in, in news, um, just because it seems like, and uh, Google are, are, are saying it's not the case, but if you if you want to get into that news carousel, it, you will get delivered some more traffic. That will help. Um, if you get a lot of your traffic direct, in other words, if you have a big email database and you're driving your traffic back to your site from your email database, which I know a lot of publishers do do, um, magazine publishers particularly, um, they they kind of you know pump out uh, newsletters and then people go to that page and once they've finished reading the article, they come back. Um, I would I would focus on um, on on your navigation actually. If I was going to give any like one piece of advice, would be your navigation on mobile. If you are if you can snag those visitors even for a second page, um, make sure that your mobile is your mobile menu is really uh, front and center. And then things like popular pages. People who read this also read this. Trending now. Those kind of things are really great for getting more pages. Um, and as well as, uh, you know, obviously I'm going to say um, watching your bounce rates because your bounce rate is, that is your real, uh, what was it um, that Dr. Greg said a couple of weeks ago? Bounce rate is the definition of user experience. I mean, it's the binary yes or no vote from your visitor, isn't it? It's like um, the kill switch. So, yeah, so go, go and examine um, the pages that you have as your landing pages. Go and see what happens to people when they land on those pages. Look at your landing pages, not your home page, and or whatever your top page is. Your top page might be your home page, but quite often it, it, it isn't. Um, and then consider um, doing some testing for landing pages. So um, if you have the option to send people from a newsletter, for example, to a, a different layout, um, do one as a test and see how you get on. Um, that that would be my advice. And uh, also, if you have video, get the transcripts um, done for you so you can get that kind of stuff as well. Basically, content. If you can produce a ton of content. I was in seeing um, a comic book um, producer today, and they're just launching a site. And I said, are you putting all of your archived um, comics online on this site? They were like, uh, yeah, we're thinking about it. And I said, do that's got to be the number one thing that you're going to do because that's all your content. You're sitting on it. What else is it doing for you? Just get yeah. it out there. And those guys, uh, the uh, podcast we did with Gear Junkie a couple uh, a couple weeks back, I thought that was one of the most fascinating things about it. Is yeah, that, he did the same yeah. thing. He realized he was sitting on all this content. It was like, yeah, let's just put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. So produce lots of good quality content and look at mobile, consider AMP, and, and uh, yeah. Give us a shout with any specific questions you might have, and we'll, we'll definitely help if we can. Well, thanks, John. I think that, that 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 is really helpful, and we're sorry it's a shorter podcast today, but I thought we had some really interesting kind of new stuff, and we'll be back next week with another episode of the Publisher Lab. John, anything else to add? I have some really interesting meetings next week. I'm going to report back to the guys on viewability, and I'm also going to be reporting back um, from Ad Monsters Ops, which is um, it's in New York next week. Um, I'm speaking at that, and it's basically uh, advice on ad operations. So next week, it's going to be about ad operations. It's going to be about viewability, direct ad orders, all that kind of stuff. So stand by and listen in for that. Fun stuff. All right, thanks, John, for joining us.
Um, and then thank you. Thank all of you who continue to write good reviews of the podcast. Those things are awesome. They continue to help us uh, grow the cast. And um, yeah, we'll be back next week. And thanks for joining us. Thanks. Cheers, Tyler. See you, John.